Welcome to the Wedding Sassholes, your no BS wedding business podcast. We're here to real talk you through the common F-ups we see companies making and the practical strategies you can implement today. This month's topic is fighting a slump. And in this episode, you'll learn how to look deep inside and figure out where the real problems are. We're your hosts. I'm Shannon Tarrant. I'm Vanessa Negron. And welcome to the shit show. Episode 26 of the Wedding Sassholes. I'm glad you emphasize the S. Do you ever, when you tell people the name of the podcast, have to be like sassholes? Like so literally, yeah. literally all the time. I'm like sassholes. Like I enunciate it so much so that they don't think I say wedding assholes. <laughs> like we we are assholes, but the show is not called that. <laughs> well, have you as a wedding pro ever had that scary uh-oh moment where you stare at your inbox and there's like no leads coming in? Or do you look at the calendar and there's not enough booked in the future and you have that like heart dropping moment? Do you wish you could figure out what's going on and how to fix it? Then this, my friends, is the episode for you. This is a hot topic in our current world of talking to the people and the wedding pros in the industry around us. I feel like every event I go to, this is this is what we talk about right now. Every, everything that I go to right now and I say like, hey, how are you? How's business? How's life? And I feel like this is always one of the things somebody brings up. So I'm glad yeah. we talked about it. So when we started trying to figure out and really Vanessa and I are problem solvers. So when someone at a networking event says things like, you know, they're not getting leads or, you know, they have one or two events booked for the entire rest of the year, we start immediately, like literally heading down the exact same path of fixing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like a rabbit hole because you're like, okay, what can we do? What are we, what's the problem? Where do we fix it? So, yeah. And I think, um, you know, I think unfortunately that in 2022, the wedding boom did happen across the country. And in general, the leads came fast and furious. And they, you know, as you were raising prices, maybe because of cost increases, or just because you did, they weren't really as hesitant because it was across the board. But I don't know, like you need to go back and listen to that episode. We talked about if the big R comes, right? That mm-hmm. warm, dirty word recession, because I feel like there's already starting to be changes in, in consumer and buyer behavior. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And it just so happens we just talked about this. So go back to that episode and, and listen to it, please. And thank you. And yeah. share it with a friend. So I think the most important thing, you know, we're going to be talking this month, we've got great topics all the way through, but you can't fix a problem without knowing what the actual problem inside of your business is. Mm -hmm. And it's really trying to figure out like what's broken, right? Like the, not only what's broken, we can go back to why it happened in the first place, but that's really the focus of the next few weeks of fixing it. Because when we start talking about fixing it, you're probably going to be like, oh, I wasn't doing that. And I didn't do that. And I didn't do that, which is fine. But we've really got to start with what's your actual problem. If you're in a slump in business, what's the actual actual problem? So Vanessa, where do people start? would say try to find where the system is broken be that your funnel be that your follow-ups be that your lead generator so figure out the why to this problem where is it starting like where is that system starting to break down and let's fix that first absolutely so that is always going to start from the place of leads 
right? Mm -hmm. So if you, you really need to start looking deep inside your inbox and your CRM or whatever crazy spreadsheet you're using to track these. And the question to ask yourself is, do you have enough leads? Who, who was it that we recently had a speaker that said it's either, it's either you're not getting enough leads. You're not following up enough leads. Like where is the the problem? Is it, you don't have any, you don't have enough. Yep. You're not booking those leads or you're not getting the referrals. So it's like, you have to look at it. You can't just say, I don't have enough events booked. Like where is the first initial problem? Like, do you have the leads and you're just not being able to secure them? Or are you just not getting leads? Yeah. And I think that, you know, when all of a sudden the lead funnel, meaning you're looking in your inbox and it's day after day after day and no leads are coming in, like you're not seeing a new lead hit, you know, every day or every other day or a few times a week, you can get really panicky. So don't get too panicky. We're going to work on this next week in episode 27. We're going to really dig in. But that's the first question to ask yourself is to really look at, do you have enough leads? Like, are there enough coming in? We'll talk about ratios and all that stuff, but do you have enough? What's next? Are those leads not responding or converting to appointments? But we're going to dive deeper into that into episode 28. So <laughs> all of these things we will dive deeper into yeah. for the whole month. But that's where the next step is, is are you converting those to appointments or are they just becoming leads? You send information and then that is a door now. Yeah. So that's like the important thing, you know, when we're talking about tracking, right? It's how many leads do you have? And then which ones are actually responding and making movement. And then after that, it would be are your appointments ghosting you or are they not booking or are they booking? And so it's really looking at, you know, when I say appointment, if you don't do appointments, that's probably part of your problem. We'll talk about that next week. We uh, talked about this last month. We did talk about it last month. But we're going to dig hard into it next week when we talk about your sales process. Cause mm -hmm. I think that wedding pros have gotten a little bit back to the bid quote, just whipping out numbers, but I digress. So, okay. So do you not have enough leads? Are your leads not responding or converting into an appointment? And then if you do an appointment, are your appointments ghosting you or not booking? And what's the last question to ask yourself? I would ask myself, cause I feel like this is, I talk about this with vendors all the time is, are you waiting too long to do the follow-up? Are you sending the information and then sitting, sitting, sitting until you realize you, you haven't heard from them and then doing the follow-up or are you being consistent? Statistically, you should be touching them seven, not touching them physically, but you should be <laughs> touching base with them seven times within the first 30 days. So if you're waiting 30 days to send your second email, you've lost your opportunity. So or if you're waiting on seven days, like mm -hmm. how are you going to touch them seven times in 30 days? Correct. Exactly. So how long are you waiting for that follow up after the initial first first touch? Yeah. So listen, the reason Vanessa and I wanted to talk about this topic as an episode with you guys is because when... We have a few people, you know, in our circle of people that are having some issues and challenges when it comes to these numbers and they're in that booking slump. And when we start asking them, well, how many leads did you get last week? They can't answer the question. Mm -mm. When we ask how many appointments you have on the calendar, they can't answer the question. And I'm like, if you don't know your freaking numbers, I'm not saying you have to know them all exactly. Like I got 2.7 leads, like, but you, 
you can't say, well, I haven't gotten a lead in weeks. And I'm like, weeks, holy shit. Like, is that for real weeks or has it been like seven days and it just feels like a long time? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, we are in an industry that's kind of dramatic, but we are a little bit of drama queens. So, okay. So let's talk about the people who have no idea and can't answer those questions. And it's probably because you're not tracking your numbers. We are big advocates on tracking numbers. So the first thing that I would tell you to do is deciding on your sales funnel, your lead, follow-up, appointment, proposal. You need to start tracking all of these things. Yep. If, you, if you can't tell me how many of your leads convert into appointments or appointments convert into how many bookings you have, I don't have very much faith in you as a business owner. I'm sorry, because if you're not tracking any of that and, and you can't tell me, you can't tell me how many people have contacted you and how many of them have booked an appointment. Like you have no idea. It's like, well, do you pay attention to your business at all? I mean, yeah, on, well, friend. but here's, here's the challenge, right? So many people have run businesses over the last few years doing really well without having to track those things. But unfortunately, post COVID, the world has exploded. There's a lot more vendors in every category. Marketing channels are wide, far, few, you know, they're everywhere. And not only that, people potentially, if you're well-established, people less expensive have come into the market behind you as mm -hmm. everybody starts somewhere and then they go up in price. But you have to decide as a company exactly what is your sales funnel, right? So what are the steps that people move through as they you know, move through your process. So, you know, like Vanessa was saying, the most basic sales funnel and yours might not flow this way, but it starts as a lead. It goes from lead into like follow-up, right? Or it converts directly from a lead to an appointment, which is of course the dream. But if they don't reply immediately, they go into follow-up. And then from appointment or emails or whatever, some form of proposal would happen that sends over the detailed information. And then from there, they're either a booked client or lost. Mm -hmm. I call them dead in my funnel, which somebody yeah. who taught trained me in sales, that's what they called it. And so now I'm like, they're either booked or dead. And I don't, uh, and that sounds terrible, but they're booked no, or lost. Us part. <laughs> yeah, they're booked or lost. So if you are not tracking this, so maybe you have a CRM that does some of this, not every CRM can pull these stats the way you need them to. So you might have to make your own happy little spreadsheet. Okay. You want to start with tracking your number of leads per month by platform. So not only do I want to know I'm getting five leads from the not or from Instagram or from whatever, I don't want to just track them I want to track how those leads are moving through my funnel. Because if you're getting, you know, 20 leads a month from national directories, but those never close, but you're not tracking them separate, you really have to track them like separately. So I want you to like see a spreadsheet in your mind. It's got each of your different marketing platforms of where your leads come in and then you're tracking the leads and then we're going to move them through the funnel. Mm -hmm. You could easily be getting 20 leads from an online directory, but then you get five leads from a local venue a month. And those out of the venue ones, three of them book and out of the online directory, maybe only two of them do. So you can't look at it as your overall. You have to look at it through the entire funnel. Yeah, because you also want to decide, I mean, big picture, long term, you want to decide where to put your marketing dollars. So we're just drop. That's not really important as a part of this. But if we're going to build the, the tracker, let's build the tracker. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. So then we're going to look at how many of those convert over to an appointment. Yes. And after your appointments, 
follow-up people. I know we've talked about this a jajillion times, but after your appointments, please follow up with them. And from the appointments, you need to track which ones booked and which ones died, as Shannon said, which ones died. (laughs) Yeah, I think the also the important thing to look at, and this can be part of your like monthly reports to yourself, is going in and looking at your contracts that booked. This is the only category where you only have to track booked. I mean, I guess lost is okay too. But at the end of the month, if you have like four that booked and 10 you lost, I want you to see the day you closed that from the day they first reached out to you. Let me say that one more time. So if on February 1st, they reached out to you the very first time you do the appointment like February 18th and February 23rd, they're like, yes, let's move forward. They sign the contract, pay the deposit. That's a 23-day sales cycle. From lead to contract is 23 days. So sometimes the lost ones are a little bit harder because you look, lost them like they never reply so you at some point just mark them as lost Um, or maybe they do reply the ones that do reply again you want to track your sales cycle length this is really important data and I say that because it shifts when the market shifts so the sales cycle for Vanessa as a cake baker where a lot of her refer business is coming from referrals Mm-hmm. might have a much shorter sales cycle than someone who's got them just coming in through the internet, through a directory, that sales cycle might be a lot longer because it's a colder lead that they have to warm up. So it is so important to know each month what your average sales cycle is. And if it's getting longer, which it has over the last 18 months, the sales cycles are growing. Couples are taking longer to decide. I think it was you that told me beginning of my career, you know, that you would, you would keep courting them, as I call it, you would keep courting them until they said yes or no. So you don't just after your seven touches in one month, just say, Oh, well, I guess we're done here. You just kept reaching out until they said, we've gone a different direction, or we'd like to book an appointment. Yeah. And I think that's a little bit different when you're a venue because you're the very first thing they're doing. Sometimes they get engaged and they get super excited. I mean, if I was a cake baker or florist or a DJ, I'm not sure I would have done as many touch points as a venue. But what we found was the sales cycle sometimes was 90 days and they were still closing because they would get engaged. They jump online. They'd be so excited and they'd fill out all the forms at all the venues with no intent of actually going to tour for the next 30 to 45 days. So if you didn't stay on top of them, you'd be amazed how many of them I'd be like, all right, I'm going to close this one. Let me send one more. And then they'd freaking reply. And I was like, no, like, yes, you're excited. They reply, but from, so from like a a vendor category, I think when it comes to that, I think it's really important to look at when their date is because sometimes they're super early in the planning stage, but they're not getting married until a full year later. So you can do more touch points with those people. But if their wedding is only, you know, three months away or four months away, don't stalk them. Don't keep hounding them for the information. But I will say sometimes when they first get their venue, they do reach out for an estimate so they can start planning and figuring and out building the budget. Their budget. Yeah. They're building their budget. So I think it's okay to keep touching back with them after your seven times in one month, just like maybe like twice a month after that, just saying like, Hey, here's some information and not doing like a super salesy thing, but just like, Hey, did you see that we did these weddings this past week? Here's a few ideas, like helping them with the planning. And then right. they can reach back out and say, Hey, we really appreciate all the help. And now we are ready to book because we were trying to budget it in and save up for it. So I think it's okay to do that. 
Yeah, I agree. I think the other one big piece that I want you to put on this tracking sheet is um, start tracking your average sale. I think it's important for you to have a general idea so that you can look at projections. And I know this is like we're doing fancy and we're talking a lot of fucking math today. It's a lot of math. I don't know what to tell you. It's math. Owning a business is math. It sucks, but it's math. So I do think I would look at um, your average sale. So if you're booking 1500, 1800, 2000, like whatever that is, you know, make sure you look at the end of the month and say, what was our average sale this month? And maybe if you can figure out a way to creep that up just a little bit each month, it's drastic. But if you don't know the stats and percentages and these conversions, like you can make a spreadsheet, it will do them, it will math for you. But you have to know the stuff at every stage of the sales process. Because today, what we're talking about is what's broken. If you don't have, if you can't look back and say, well, in April of 2022, I got 27 leads. And in April of 2023, I got seven leads. You have to be able to look at it and say, what have I changed? What did I do different? Like, so where in the process did you lose them? Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's a key thing is if you keep losing people in your second email, maybe revise your second email, take a look at it. Yeah. Which brings me, which brings me to, um, I think, and if you don't agree with me, I get it, but I think that you should have an industry friend and a non-industry friend shop through you. So they should shop your website, shop how they can contact you the whole process but I think it's important to do someone from the industry and someone outside the industry because they know nothing about what it should look like or what the normal process is. Yeah, I mean, so I think it's important to do both. The best team member that we added to our team this year, her name is Abby and she's exceptional and she's not listening to this podcast, but maybe she'll just feel the spirit of me telling you all how amazing she is. So, but Abby brings such a unique perspective because she is in... She lives in the frame of a 27-year-old bride. Like she's already married, but her brain never leaves that space. So when I say go on our website and use the website like a bride, and she'll come back and tell me, I didn't understand this. I couldn't find this. Like I couldn't, you know, this was worded right. I would never have clicked that. Like, you know, she'll, Uh she'll give me the good, the bad, the ugly. So I fully agree that when you have someone fresh look at your process to see you know, what it is as a client and go through it. I'll, I am doing some coaching this upcoming week with a local catering company. And we are having this conversation right now. Like they're in a slump. They can't figure out what it is. Slow season's coming. Owner's like, holy crap, we got to figure this out. We never really had these problems before, but my team grew because 2022 mm-hmm. was so busy. I want to keep all these people employed. So now we actually have to focus on sales. And I we went into their website, secret shop them. The very first email that comes is awful. It's freaking terrible. We filled that form out 10 days ago. I put a phone number on there. No one's ever called. No one's ever texted. And we've only ever gotten the initial email. It's been 10 days. No follow-up, no follow-through, no any of those things. So when you've got all of that stuff, like all of those things make a big make a big difference when it's a fresh set of eyes looking at it. Mm-hmm. So it's funny that you talk about Abby. I have a new assistant. Her name is Alicia. And she is, she's actually one of my former employees from when I worked on, in the restaurant industry. So she knows food, but she doesn't know weddings. Um, and she's here helping me and she's actually getting married next November. 
So I'm using her as my little guinea pig for everything. Yeah. So it's fantastic. I ask her, you know, hey, what would you do if you did this? Can you look at the frequently asked questions page and tell me if those are relevant? What would you look yeah. for? Because I mean, obviously she's using us as her cake and dessert person. But I asked her if she wasn't, if she didn't know me and she wasn't using us, what would she look for? And what would she be more yeah. likely to hire? And it makes a big difference, especially since she's, oh goodness, how old is she now? She's got to be 26 or 27. But you yeah, just so have like to remember, a lot of us have been doing this a long time and maybe mm-hmm. you haven't looked at, maybe you've been sending the same email for the last five years and in your head, you're like, it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's fucking broken. It's broken. Well, and- And it's a different generation. So having that younger generation, that is that not that people that are, you know, my age or older aren't getting married, but majority are in those 20 ish years. So talking to somebody of that generation to see if the verbiage might just be outdated, you know, things like that. It it really is making a big difference. And I, I appreciate it. So, so we're going to do common mistakes and then a few best practices of Mm -hmm. things. And that's how we'll kind of wrap up today's episode because, you know, we like to keep you on time. Okay. So common mistakes that we are seeing across the board is that the leads that are coming in are cold leads, meaning that your marketing in all of the other places, maybe your website, maybe your social media presence, maybe your Google business listing, um, you know, even referrals are going when a referral refers you, they're going to land in one of those spots. They're either going to Google you and hit your Google My Business, look at your reviews and pieces and parts. Um, But there's the potential or you're getting a lot of leads from directories and those are straight up cold leads, right? Your marketing has such a great opportunity to warm the leads up by what you're posting on social, putting face to camera, your about page. But we're seeing a lot of times when people are in that spot where they're slumping, you know, the marketing is just bleh, it's generic and it's the same as every other company in their category. So take a look at all of the funnels of where things are coming from and go in and figure out how do you warm people up so they feel like they know you a little bit before they're reaching out. And make it more a little bit more personal. I know we touched base on this, but don't take too long for your initial response to your leads. Please and thank you. Or your follow-ups. So have a good follow-up plan and also don't take too long to respond. Yeah. I mean, this is always going to be a hot topic in the industry and I don't come from a world of boundaries. We've already talked about this a thousand fucking times on this podcast. I have no boundaries. So, um, I, I think all of this comes down to, and we're going to say this 9 million more times on this podcast, depends on where your leads are coming from. There are literally straight up statistics from The Knot and WeddingWire and these other national directories that 70% of couples book the first person to reply. 70% book the first person to reply. So remember, that's because those are cold leads. If you're getting warm leads that are coming from a referral, from a venue, from your social media, and you do a good job warming them up and they feel like they get to know you, they tend to be a little more patient. But if it is a cold lead coming in, you have got to reply immediately to those leads when they come in. Part of that statistic of the 70% is if you can respond within the first 48 hours or less, you already have a leg up on everybody else because most people don't respond within that time frame. Yeah. 
but that's still too long if you ask me 40 I know but that's long. the statistic I remember I that study because I love numbers <laughs> I know they I said like, they said if, if you can do it within two days you have an advantage over everybody else because everybody else takes longer and I was like that's terrifying unless yeah. you're closed for those two days I mean yeah it's goodness gracious mm-hmm. um okay so we talked about that and then this one's kind of important it's and this is why the secret shopping is helpful you're sending too much information or it's too complicated of a process so i'll give you an example there's a hair and makeup company and i went online and i looked at her online form and i was like holy shit she asks a lot of questions so at the point at which it's time to sell and have a conversation with them there's nothing left to talk about all Mm -hmm. it is all she can do is bid quote because she has asked everything she needs on that form. So when she tells me she's not getting enough leads coming in, I know it's because she's asking too many questions on the form. That's step one. But then step two is there's nothing to freaking talk to them about because she has asked all the questions. So when they fill it out, they're waiting on a price. So you have no chance to differentiate yourself. So think about, you know, when you're sending that initial email over, is it like 10 pages long with 20 links and 40 calls to action? Or is even getting to you too complicated of a process? We talked about this in the very first couple of episodes of this podcast, actually. Keeping it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. My favorite know it. I love it. All right, what's another mistake people make? You are not doing your monthly forecasts. So you don't know how much you should be doing. You're not looking ahead at your business to see what is coming down the pipeline. And if you're not tracking your numbers and you're not tracking your stats, then you're not doing your forecast. You can't do the forecast without all this other information, guys. Yeah. I mean, when I ask people, how many weddings do you have on the books for the rest of the year? And they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, ballpark. And they're like, I have no idea. I'm like, how the fuck are you people paying your bills? Like how in God's, like how? Well, it's amazing when they don't know the month of. Yeah. I'm like, oh, how many do you got this month? They're like, I'm not really sure. I know we got something every week. I'm like, oh, well. Right. It's like. Yeah, I don't know. I just think, I think knowing those, like doing those monthly forecasts and looking ahead is what can also help you decide, do we run a special? Do we run a discount? Do we get run a giveaway? Like you have to start looking, what I'm finding, maybe you're hearing the same thing, Vanessa, is in Florida, our slow season is summer. So what happens is all of a sudden, like when we record these, batch them a little bit early, but it becomes the end of spring. And all of a sudden the whole industry is like, I have nothing on the books for June, July, and August. And I'm like, hey, oh, you should have known that in April. You should have known right. that in March and April. You should have known that depending up if you're a venue, you should have known that shit in January. Like, I'm, so, like you, you should, yeah. you should have a calendar with a running list of yes. what you have. I mean, if you're not tracking that at all, if you don't have a CRM system that when you put an event on in your system, it does not show up on a calendar somewhere, you need to relook at your CRM system. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, if, but if you're not looking, it's great. Some people have those, that data and they don't look at it. So, um, so I think that like, we'll do a few best practices and then we're going to wrap you up. So I think one of the most important things, and I've maybe talked about this, in the past, but every Friday afternoon, I 
please remember that I am not a wedding professional, meaning that like I do not work weddings over the weekend. So you have to do when this works on your calendar. So every Friday afternoon from three to five, my calendar is blocked and it's called my CEO day. Maybe in your world, this is Tuesday afternoons, maybe it's midweek Wednesday afternoons, or it's on the first of the month for two hours in the morning. But I think every single week you have to get in and look at these numbers before it's too late. I what we're seeing is that like the slump is you're they're so slumped over they don't know how to get out of it. So okay. I think when I tell you best practices is making sure that you are weekly looking somewhere at this spreadsheet at these numbers before it's too late. I agree with you. I think something that you should put into play is having an accountability partner for sure. Be that a group, be that a mastermind group, be that a phone a friend, somebody that you can call, um, someone to keep you accountable and to help you with this stuff. Yeah. Even if you're not competitive, like which I'm super competitive. So that's... I know. So competitive. So um, a million years ago, I went to Sandler sales training. And the very first day they were like, you need an accountability partner for doing cold calls and follow-ups. And I was like, why don't cold call? It's weddings, right? So it's like, it was really just working your leads. But I end up with this accountability partner, Joe, he sold medical equipment, but we were so competitive. So I would text him and be like, oh, did eight lead calls today? And he'd be like, shit. And he'd jump in and start doing. And I'd be like, oh, did so many follow-ups today. And it motivated us to the same as like my cousin and I right now are competing for steps because we're both like happy office people who prefer to never get up. But I already texted her and was like, I'm at 4,500. She's like, how is that possible? I was like, every phone call today, I just circled the house and walked around. But when you have that accountability partner in whatever it is, you know, they can motivate you, they can push you, or if you're in competitive, you know, it's having that someone else that you have to reply to. So whether it's a mastermind group, whether it's finding someone else who's struggling with the same problem, or someone who's already a rock star and is not struggling with that, that can be really helpful also, because they can be like, hey, I did my follow ups today. And you're like, shit, I haven't done mine in the whole week or whatever. So yes, I agree with you get an accountability partner. They can be a rock star, but they can also be that person that when you hear that they've booked or they've gotten so many appointments or whatever, it like peer pressures you and pushes you. So it's not just them holding you accountable. It's also that little bit of like peer pressure of, oh, so they're not having the same problem I am. So like, I need to work on my stuff. Like I need to get it done. Yeah. But I mean, you you have to figure out what is going to be the best way for you. But, you know, we're not here to just share what you should be doing. It also like you have to put action in place after you finish listening to these podcasts. You know, it's important to Vanessa and I to take action on the content. It's great to listen and write down notes. But, you know, I went in, I heard a podcast and this chick did a whole episode about her CEO date. And I'm like, I'm going to start that. And I I hold to it 98% of the time every now and then I delete it. And I'm like, screw it. I'm not doing it this week. But, you know, when you hear it, take action on it. So that's why we like to end every episode giving you some swag. Jake, we all get three Woo. action items to add to your to-do list. All right. What's action, the first swag? Action item number one, where is your system broken? Where are you losing the people? Identify your pain point and start there. Don't redo the whole system. Find the pain point. Start at that pain point. Fix that one first. Mm -hmm. All right. Number two, if you aren't tracking your numbers, now is the time because you have to have data. So make yourself a little spreadsheet. 
and go in there and don't, don't even, don't worry about the past. That's where people always get hung up. Just focus on starting from today forward. Just start, get it built. And then you can use it to the start of the new month. Yes. And number three is going to be find one industry friend and one non-industry friend to secret shop you. Make sure that they like the non-industry person, not that, you know, we're being age, ageist, I guess you'd call it, but just try to make sure that that person is within that new um, engagement yeah, age group. Yeah, 25 so that, to 38. Yeah, yeah, the 25 to 38. Please make sure that they're in that group because that's who your your main audience is and that's who you want to talk to. So have one of those people shop, secret shop you so that you can check not just your process, but also like the verbiage and the different things on your website and on your listings and everything else. They can check through all of that for you. And so. don't be defensive. I mean, I think the hardest part about being secret shopped is when you hear the feedback, your initials to be like, well, that's never been a problem. So I'm not changing it. Like you have to go into this. If you're going to have someone, people secret shop you as they should, like not put in their names, put in a fake one, fake things, and just see what your real process is. Uh-huh. Just be ready for it and be open to the feedback because it's only there to help you grow. Yeah, they're not doing it to be mean to you they're trying to help you yeah if you if you feel like this podcast helped your business got you thinking or maybe we made you laugh follow subscribe and share it with a friend who might be in a slump right now stay tuned for our upcoming episodes we're going to talk about fighting the slump by generating more sales leads and booking more appointments now go make epic shit happen and figure out where you're in a slump